0: Amazon best-selling author Troy L. Love. Have you ever been in a funk and actually enjoyed wallowing in it for a while? And then you go to the grocery store or you're sulking at work and then some brilliant ray of sunshine comes along with a huge smile on their face and warmth in their heart and their light threatens to break through your storm clouds well if you were having a bad day dan utt would be that giant ray of sunshine dan is literally a giant of a man he stands six foot seven feet tall he and hagrid might have been brothers
1: when i started kindergarten for example i was five feet tall I looked my teacher in the eye. I've always been a big guy. I'm six, seven now, I'm calling it the Giants Among Us Club. I'm putting t-shirts out. And so uh, so for me, I was really, in a way, fortunate because I just chalked it up to I was way bigger than everybody else, way, way bigger. I, You know, I broke six feet in fifth grade. I landed on my r- roughly close to my adult height by the time I hit junior high. I mean, so I always thought I was just big. I stood out. I was weird. That's why. I just kind of had to deal with it. And again, because I like people, I kind of developed that social process starting in elementary school when I was around more people. Um, I always got good grades and all that kind of stuff. So again, the teachers left me alone. So it was just kind of my own little experimentation pool of learning how to communicate. And yeah, I was the fat, fat kid. I was the big kid. I got picked on a lot. I remember one kid was having, had a real bad problem with me in sixth grade. And I finally, I almost snapped. And I finally stood up and I looked down at him. He came up to my belly button. And I said, like. Are we done yet? And he was like, Yeah, man, we're done. We're
0: good. We're good. Being that tall and being an anomaly in kindergarten made Dan a lightning rod for rejection. He was the weird kid, the kid that other people bullied. It's strange that a kid his size would be bullied when he could literally stomp the other kids into the ground like a bug. But that wasn't Dan's nature. He is gentle. He is kind. He even reported to me that he became a vegetarian at the age of 14 after he witnessed what happens to animals in slaughterhouses, and he didn't want to contribute to that lifestyle anymore. Being bullied myself, I can relate to what Dan must have felt as the other kids taunted and teased him. But Dan viewed it differently. At the time, he thought he was just a weird kid. It wasn't until he was an adult, though, that he discovered that there was something else unique about him.
1: I am on the top end of what used to be called the Asperger's part of the autism spectrum. And as opposed to the way it is now where I probably would have been diagnosed as a kid um, because I was uh, more on the intelligent side and one of the kids that the uh, teachers didn't have to worry about. I went undiagnosed until kind of my early 30s. And that's really when I started hearing the words, you know. You know, autism, spectrum disorder, Asperger, stuff like that. And it took what was a very difficult experience growing up and it put it into this new lens of uh, being able to frame things a little differently and realize that some of the things that I found as strengths, it was okay to kind of lean into. And you know, it, and in, for me, um, I am a very strong believer in a diagnosis is just information. It, it's, uh, it's not a label to put you down. It's information to be able to lift you up and teach you how to be able to best uh, lift in the world that you exist in and so um, ever since then i've really been kind of trying to figure out what it means to live as an autistic person i'm a, a social autistic person which is very unusual
0: autism is a diagnosis that researchers are still trying to understand individuals with autism can experience symptoms that range from severe to less so experts call it being on the spectrum And AutismSpeaks.org states that the term autism refers to a broad range of conditions characterized by challenges with social skills, repetitive behaviors, speech, and nonverbal communication. According to the Centers for Disease Control, autism affects an estimated one in every 44 children in the United States today.
1: It's, it is a spectrum for sure. So, so different people present in different ways. Um, It's a very, very broad thing. But basically, uh, for me anyway, which is what I can speak to is my own experience. Um, I'm, I'm just wired differently. Um, there's it's a you know, there's a laser focus with attention to detail on complex, difficult things. If it's something I have an interest in, I'm very good at. You know, I always joke with people, if you're looking for somebody to help you write a business plan, create a brand, extend out predictions for five, 10 and 15 years, figure out exactly what your staffing needs, <laughs> your planning needs and everything else that you're going to need in order to have a successful business with. Again, those those time frames, then I'm I'm the guy to lay out every single piece for you. But if you expect me to do the dishes and keep an empty sink, that is really, really hard. (laughs) I tell people sometimes and they don't always quite understand. But like if I'm having a, a stressful day, I always say, you know, the lights are too loud. I can't filter out stimuli very well. So where most people can walk into a room that's really bright, lots of big flashy colors and Lots of people, noise, all this kind of stuff, and they can just kind of focus, tune out, and just do their thing that doesn't work for me. I describe it as like, you know, you have to regenerate your shields before you go out into a situation you know is gonna be stressful, which is true for the most part for anybody, but especially for somebody like myself, because it's not just the people, it's not just whatever social anxiety might be there, it's the whole experience. And then, you know, you're exhausted when you're done with it. It's a very raw emotional existence. We learn different too. I have pretty close to perfect recall as far as things that I have, you know, some sort of interest in. I'm a musician. I love all types of music. I can I remember passages of things that I've played in orchestras and things like that from you know hundreds of years ago that I might have played once that I thought was cool that I could go back and and do it again. But uh, again, but that one dish, man. Like like if you expect me to take that in there and get it done, that is so difficult.
0: <laughs> As I interviewed Dan for this podcast, what struck me was just how much he had not adopted negative core messages about himself. For many of us, we experience an attachment wound like loss or rejection or neglect or things like that. And then we often develop some core message that's attached to that wound that when it gets hit, it activates and it reminds us that we are not enough, that there is something seriously wrong with us and that we're doomed. Dan felt that way too at the beginning, but listen to how he had a paradigm shift that altered his perspective and empowered him to pursue a career as an entrepreneur.
1: Once I found out though, I looked at it like, okay, this this is my hall pass for being weird. This is my proof of saying like, check it out, letting my weirdo flag fly, I'm just going to go for it. This is me, you know, screw it if you don't like it, like I'm just going to be myself. You know, we all come to that point in life where we think, am I done with everybody else's expectations? And can I just take over on my own now? And that kind of was that moment for me where I looked at it and said, you know, I've always been kind of odd. I've always been embarrassed. I didn't really know what to do with myself. I didn't really think that I was worthwhile because I was different and not what somebody would want or find attractive or whatever. It was one of those things where I realized I am this way and I'm going to be this way. This isn't something that can change. There's no cure and there's no medication that can change the way I'm wired. There's no magic surgery that can do anything. And so as little or as much value as I have, it's going to be like this because that's just how I am. It's been a freeing thing where I feel like I'm much more likely to say, let's try this crazy thing. Let's do something new. Let me put my twist on it and see what happens.
0: Dan not only experienced a paradigm shift he also embraced his uniqueness despite his mother's worry.
1: Before I started my podcast, I talked to my mom, who was born in 1949, and she, she's sitting there saying, well, do you have to call it weird? People are going to think you're making fun of them, and that, that's kind of mean. Do you have to be derogatory, all this stuff? A couple days later, I was sitting in this book club, actually, sitting with my two little nieces, who are the youngest of all of the people. They are 13 and 15 now, I think. Girls, again, I always get your ages wrong. I'm sorry if you're listening. Please forgive me. I asked them, what do you guys think about this? And immediately, they were like, oh, that's so cool. Can we be on? We want to be celebrities. We want to be on the show. You know, all this. So that diametrically opposed position, right, of here are these kids. They hear the name. They they, they hear all about it. And they're like, that's so cool. As opposed to my mom, who is over here, who's have to be mean. <laughs> and I think that part of it is that we have this stigma around difference. Right. And that's why we call people weird and, and, and strange and odd and, you know, all this other kind of stuff. People are just being themselves. I kind of looked at it like we're in a process culturally of learning that unique and different is good. And while so if I can take a word like weird, proudly wear it as a badge of honor, smack it across my chest, put it on my back, wrapped on the back of my truck with a picture of my face that is way too large for anybody to ever look at. By reclaiming that, it's taking the power away from the people who would make it a negative and it's putting it in the hands of the people that would make it a a positive. Weird's not a bad way to go, man.
0: One of the questions I asked Dan during our interview was about a time When he made a decision to turn left, when everything seemed to be telling him to turn right.
1: I lived in North Carolina for five years, loved it there. My sister and brother-in-law always lived down the road. We had a family business at one point that we all worked in. I came back to um, to see my mom. She was thinking about selling her house at this point in, in my hometown, which is called Clarksville, Tennessee. I came for like a week just to kind of help out. And one of my buddies says to me, well, hey, Daniel, it's good to have you around, man. Like, uh, what would it take for you to move back home? And I'm like, well, one of two things. I can have some sort of crazy VC person come and say they want to give me a million dollars to create some sort of business and to, if I was here in the area. then the other is if I get together with this girl I've had a crush on since I was 18 years old that I worked with when I, first graduated high school and that, you know, I talked to her every once in a while, but haven't heard from in a while, both of which seemed outlandishly ridiculous at the time that I said it. And within five days, her and I had gone out for the first time, moved in together. And within two months, we were engaged. We were engaged four and a half years. It was one of those where it completely caught me off guard. But at that point in my life, I didn't know about my diagnosis quite yet. But I had learned that sometimes you have to take a chance to get what you want. It, unfortunately, she passed away a few years ago. I tell the story of her and her background and I ask a question of guests on my show kind of in honor of her every time I have my podcast. But I can say, despite having to having dealt with the loss of somebody who was absolutely the person that I had up on a pedestal for years and years and years and years, deservedly so, that the time that I spent with her, it was not something I expected. It was one of those where she was always way out of my league. She still was, still is. And, and even with the loss that is attached to that and the pain and the grief, and everything else, even the still occasional things that pop up. I mean, I'm I'm well-documented saying you don't actually ever get over losing someone. You just get stronger and handle it a little better every day, mostly. (laughs) Um, And even with that, that was one of those decisions where it changed my life forever. It was a complete, it wasn't even a left turn, it was a U-turn. I swore never to come back to Tennessee for my life. I would much rather have had that time with her than, than not. When I was little, a week before my 10th birthday, my dad passed away. And then a few years later, my grandmother who raised him passed away as well. And one thing that as a high school kid, when my grandmother passed away as a freshman or sophomore whatever I was, I realized because of these social norms that I'm trying to follow that I don't totally understand, I've never gotten a chance to tell people who are important to me what they mean to me. I'll I'll never forgive myself for not getting to tell my dad I loved him before he passed away, even though I I was nine years old. So... Despite the fact that it was annoying, despite the fact that it was irritating, despite the fact that she would look at me and say, I know, thanks for telling me you don't have to anymore. That girl knew how I felt about her every single moment of every single day. And there was never a doubt in her mind how important she was to me. It may not have ended the way I would have hoped it would have, but well worth the left turn, man. Well, well worth the left turn.
0: Dan's light and optimism were truly an example to me. Maybe it's because he's weird, and I kind of like weird. I'm being a geek myself. Maybe it's because he's on the spectrum, and there's a special place in my heart for people who struggle with that issue. But truly, I don't think that it was any of those things. Dan has learned the beautiful gift of standing in the pain while experiencing peace.
1: Even though I have struggles and trauma and difficulty, I feel good about the fact that I'm putting good in the world, I'm being myself, I'm promoting other people who are being themselves and being authentic to the human being and the soul that I am and try to do right by people try to be good to people. I share things when I can share things. I help when I can help. To me, being at peace doesn't mean just being zen and balanced and all this other kind of stuff. To me, being at peace is knowing who you are and knowing that no matter what comes along, that you can be yourself when you handle it. From this point forward in my life, I know who I am. I know what I am. I know what I stand for. And I know that I am doing what I feel is right to be able to take care of myself and the world around me trials and tribulations come along but being at peace is knowing that i have the the tools and the skills to be able to do it and do it my way and and be true to myself
0: but peace seems hard to come by sometimes doesn't it we have a war going on in ukraine that could blow up and become bigger we have political unrest in many parts of the world poverty homelessness mental illness health epidemics all kinds of things that create conflict in our lives, and all of it seems to be on the rise. How does one find peace amid such pain and suffering? That is truly the question that this podcast seeks to answer.
1: I have an affirmation that I've adopted that I do every morning when I wake up and every night when I go to bed. And the six things that I tell myself are I'm at peace, I am loved, I'm happy, I am safe, I am healthy, and I am wealthy. And then I give myself examples of why I am these things. And even if I'm not necessarily those things at that time, I'm checking in with who I'm becoming, who I want to be. And being at peace is kind of the culmination of all of them. So many people feel like they have to hide who they are. For me, I I am who I am. I feel very comfortable in my skin, in my own shoes. You know, I may be a giant at some points and a little less of a giant at other points, but I'm still proud of the human being that I am. My scales are tipping in the right direction.
0: The more I spoke with Dan, the more I realized he is illustrating one of the deepest principles in the Finding Peace model. Stepping into the truth about who we are. Our shadows of shame and a cacophony of voices all around us compound into our heads the message that we are not enough. That we don't matter. That there is something seriously wrong with us. But that is not true we are beings of light we have a reason for being on this planet and we can make a profoundly positive impact for good when we can connect to that truth that deep truth inside of ourselves
1: at the end of the day, I feel like when when all is said and done, what truly matters is what kind of impact you've had on the world. And that when you look at that scale of your life, did you make a bit more of a positive impact than you did a negative? So I feel like by doing what I'm doing, by trying to set an example of just being able to be yourself... And Authentic, trying to just be you um, and doing the other things that I'm doing, showcasing cool, amazing people on these other programs that I do. I feel like that is the opportunity for me to be able to weigh down that good side of the scale. That's always how I've looked at it, but it's helped me really refine and dig into what's really important.
0: Maybe you don't fully believe that you are enough just the way you are. Maybe you don't believe that you have gifts talents and abilities that can bless the world but maybe when you hear the story of a six foot seven inch giant with autism who has embraced his weirdness and used it to create a leadership training program for corporations to embrace inclusion and empowerment or used his creativity to produce multiple podcasts so he can share his voice and his message with the world, or using his talents and abilities to help other organizations promote their message and what they do, or to simply show up as an amazing son, brother, and uncle. Then maybe you, can lean into the possibility that it's true about you too, that you are enough just the way you are. You've been listening to the Finding Peace podcast. If you love the show or want to ask a question, let us know by going to findingpeaceconsulting.com. There, you can also learn about the Finding Peace 5-Day Challenge. Remember to subscribe to this podcast so you won't miss the next episode. And if you are listening on iTunes, please give us a 5-star rating. It really does help other people find this podcast more easily. Thank you for spending part of your journey with us. And a special thanks to Johnny Porter for producing the show and AG Flux for the new background music. Copyright Finding Peace Consulting.